Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. In today's beautiful Gospel, we see a story that we are all very, very familiar with and a story that we all love. A story that's very near and dear to all of our hearts. A story that is very near and dear to all of our hearts. We see Christ sitting in this house and He's preaching and He's healing and it's crowded. You can imagine it's absolutely packed to where you can't even squeeze another person. You can't even squeeze another person. And then you have four friends who have this other friend who is paralytic. He's on a bed and he can't walk. And they say to themselves, okay, we know, we have full faith that if we can bring him in front of Christ, in front of Jesus Christ, he will be healed. We know that 110%. So we're gonna go and we're gonna take him to see Christ. And of course, once they get there, what do they see? That there's no way in. The door is blocked. You can imagine there's no way to get a bed or a mat through all of these people, even if you tried. It's not going to happen. So they could have said what? Better luck next time. We'll just find out where he is next and, and we'll take him there next. We'll figure it out. We'll just figure it out later. We'll, we'll push it till later. No. What did they do? One of the most beautiful stories of friendship and faith. Of friendship and faith. They decided that there was no way they were going to leave without putting their friend in front of Christ. Hmm? There is no way they're going to leave. They're going to find a solution, no matter what. No ma- even if they had to wait until Christ left, they didn't care. So of course, what do they see? They see this opportunity to climb up onto the roof to let their friend down in front of Christ. And this of course wasn't common practice. It's not common practice that you go and remove a roof to, uh, to let things down. There's always the door and there's always, okay, maybe next time. But this was a matter of urgency. This was a matter of life and death. This was a matter of love, faith, and friendship. And they weren't going to stop at nothing. So today we learn this from this gospel. We learn to stop at nothing, to bring ourselves before Christ and to bring our friends before Christ. We have a responsibility not only to ourselves, but to our friends to bring them before Christ. I think I've shared this quote before. One of the contemporary saints says, if we were sick with cancer, God forbid, of course, and it becomes known that there is a doctor in the North Pole who can heal us, then we will throw away everything, all obstacles, just to get to the healer to get rid of the disease. We will not interfere with difficulties or financial obstacles. We throw everything away and go. If I know that there's a chance that I can save my life here on earth, I'm going to go, no matter where it is, the North Pole, it's Alaska. I'm gonna do everything in my power, right? How much more is it important to be serious about spiritual cancer, to be serious about what costs us our eternity or cost our friends their eternity. We learn here in this beautiful gospel, this short gospel, we learn here to decide that we will stop at nothing to bring ourselves before God and to bring our friends before God to the best of our ability. We also learn the importance of friendship. Friendship is very, very important. Sometimes we separate friendship from our our faith. 
oh, friendship is just something normal. That, no, friendship is very, very important to God. Listen to what he says in John 15, 15. He says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. So Christ desires our friendship with him. And he desires that our friendships are centered in Christ. This is what true friendship is. What true friendship is. And again in John 15, 13, before this verse, actually he says, Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for who? For who? His friends. For his friends. That one may lay down his life for his friends. And these guys didn't stop until they got their friend in front of Christ. They didn't care. They stopped at nothing. This is what true friendship is what true friendship is. And when Jesus Christ saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, what? Your sins are forgiven you. Do you see that this is a very profound moment here? That Christ looks at their faith and then tells Him that your sins are forgiven. That your sins are forgiven. And between this week and last week, we see something quite grand. We see the, the command of our Lord made manifest. If you remember the gospel from last week, what was the gospel from last week? Hmm? We have to get used to connecting the Gospels because our church in, in, in her beautiful wisdom puts the readings first for a reason. Yes, the repentant woman. Thank you. The repentant woman. Right? And between last week and this week, there's, there's a very, very big correlation. A very, very big correlation. If you remember in Matthew 22, they came to Christ and said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? What's the greatest commandment? And he said to them, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two. So we see last week, the repentant woman, she came to Christ. She didn't care who was watching her. She didn't care who was judging her. She threw herself at Christ's feet with love. She completely loved him with everything that she had. And she washed his feet. And he said to her, what? Your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. And today we see this, this man on the bed. God says to him, Your sins are forgiven you. The second part of the command, love your neighbor as your friend, yourself. And these friends loved this person as much as they loved themselves. What is the correlation between last week and this week? What did the repentant woman say to Christ? What did she say to him? Nothing. Nothing. She didn't say a word. And what did this guy on the bed say to Christ? Nothing. He didn't say anything. Which goes to show us that sometimes we don't even know what to say to God. We don't know how to bring what is in our hearts outside. But God says to us, I understand and I know. I know what you're going through. I know what you're feeling. All you have to do is come. In Psalm 50 we read, what? A broken and contrite heart God will what? Not despise. He will not turn away a heart that is broken, a heart that is contrite, a heart that is coming back to him. So we see this with the woman last week. And this week, this man didn't have to utter a word. It was all the work of his friends that got him his sins forgiven and his paralysis cured. So it really goes to show us that our prayers for our friends are very beneficial. And the prayer of our friends for us are very, very beneficial. It's something that we have to really focus on. We see the importance of loving one another. That God listens to our prayers on behalf of others. 
Every single person here and all of our friends were all suffering with something. Every single person sitting here is dealing with something, whatever it may be, something big, something small. Everyone is dealing with a problem, with an issue. Everyone can use prayers. Everyone can use to hear God saying, your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk. Problem solved. Everyone can hear this, could, could go to hear this. So God is telling us today that we have to really love our friends, to love our family actually and truthfully and to pray for them and for them to pray for us. To love the children that we serve in the church, right? There's spiritual warfare, there's trouble at work, there's trouble at home, there's all kinds of issues. Everybody is in need of prayer. If you have friends, which I'm sure everyone here has friends, you have to pray for them. This today is reminding us that we have to pray for our friends by name and we have to fast for them and do matanias for them. It's important. It's very, very important. They stopped at nothing to bring their friend before God. Are we stopping at nothing or are we doing nothing for our friendship? Something to ask ourselves. Other things to ask ourselves. When was the last time we stood in prayer from beginning till end, the whole prayer on behalf of someone else? I didn't ask for anything for myself. When was the last time we dedicated a fast? Our Lord tells us in the Bible, sanctify a fast. When did we dedicate Wednesday or Friday? You can do this by the way. We have to fast every Wednesday and Friday, but we can pray and say, God, you know what? This Wednesday is for this person. This Friday is for this person. And I'm going to fast even harder. I'm not going to eat until noon. I'm going to eat with guidance of your father of confession, of course. Right? But we can dedicate these things to our friends. Right? Instead of saying, oh Lord, have mercy upon me, we can say, oh Lord, have mercy upon my friend, right? We can enter their names in, in, in the Psalms, right? So how many people are we bringing to God's house? And are we willing to break the barriers to bring those we love in front of the Lord? What were the names of those four guys that brought their friend in? Anyone know? Hmm? No one knows, right? And it goes to show us that they didn't care. They didn't care about recognition. They didn't care about, oh, look at what we did. Our names are going to be, they didn't care. All that one track, we're going to bring our friend before God. That's it. We don't want recognition. We don't want glory. We want nothing except for this. And they got exactly what they wanted because of their faith. Their faith that they weren't going to stop at nothing. So when God sees our faith that we stop at nothing to bring our friends, to talk to our friends, to help our friends, we see them doing something wrong. We, we preach to them with love, with love before words. This is what God takes into account. This is the exact love that God is talking about between neighbor um, and ourselves because who wouldn't again want to be prayed for and who wouldn't want their sins to be forgiven. And we also see something profound in this gospel. We see that the number four here represents something. We get in the habit that every gospel we read when we hear a number, this number represents something. So the four here represent many things. The first thing it represents is the gospels. The four gospels that lower us before God. When we read the gospels, we are healed of our paralysis. Those four Gospels put us in front of Christ because this is where you can read about Christ. Yes, the four Gospels. So they lower us before God. So any paralysis that I have is healed before God. And one of the fathers says, if you want to have a, a sturdy table or a chair, you need how many legs? Four, to be sturdy. So here, the number four represents in this Gospel completeness, sturdiness. Because if there was three people, they weren't going to be able to hold it properly, right? He needed four corners to be able to lower him down where he wouldn't fall off of the bed, right? So sturdiness, the gospel. St. Ambrose of Milan says it represents the church, right? It represents the church as a whole. The bishop, 
Hmm? The priests, the deacons, and the congregation, the four, together praying for one another. These four pillars, these four friends, praying for one another, every single one of us. And this is how God heals our paralysis. Our paralysis. St. John Chrysostom says, Eating and drinking don't make friendships. Such friendship even the robbers and the murderers have. But if we are friends, if we truly love one another, let us help one another spiritually. Let us hinder those things that lead our friends away to hell. What a, what a beautiful contemplation from St. John Chrysostom. Let us take care of our friends so that they don't go to hell. Let us take care of them because God will hear our prayers on their behalf. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if what they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, has no one to lift him up. So do you see how important friendship is in the Bible? It's all over the Bible, by the way. In Proverbs, Proverbs 27, there's three verses in Proverbs 27. Oil and incense bring joy to the heart, but the sweetness of a friend is counsel to the soul. Counsel to the soul. Proverbs 27 again says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mistakes happen, arguments happen, misunderstandings happen. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Let's not be quick to dispose of our friendships. Because Satan is always trying to infiltrate our friendship. Why? Because he knows how powerful friendship is. He knows how powerful the intercession between friendship is. So he always tries to destroy friendship. Right. Proverbs again, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. There's a very, very big pandemic that's going around these days. And I'm not talking about Corona, I'm not talking about war, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. What I'm talking about is the I'm just joking. This is a very big pandemic in our culture. You have one friend who talks to another and he gives him a stab in his heart and he says what? I was just joking. <laughs> you can't get upset, I was joking. Yeah, it was just a joke. Nothing you can do about it. Right? And the other person, oh yeah, well I can't say anything because it was a joke. Right? So Satan whispers in one person's ear, yeah, say this, yeah, we're just joking, it's okay to... And usually we push the limits and we push our friends. We say something to hurt them, to harm them, and you see this in the lower, lower ages. And Satan says, no, it's just joking. So he fools me into hurting my friend, right? And my friend who is hurt can't say anything because it's a joke and it's... And then we lose ourselves and people don't want to come to church and people are suffering. Why? Because oh, this person said this about me, this person, it was a joke. No. Joking means everyone is laughing. Not one person is laughing and the other person is crying on the inside. We have to remember this. We have to take care of our friendship. We have to cover our friendship, not expose our friends. If I know my friend made a mistake, I don't go and text the group. <laughs> Look at what he did. No, I cover. Because when I cover my friends, who covers me? God, God will cover me, He will cover. God says what? Love covers a multitude of what? Sins. I don't know about you, but I, I have a multitude of sins and I would love for them to be covered. So if we cover our friends, we love our friends, this will cover our own sins. So let us be careful of this friendship. St. John Chrysostom also says something profound. He says, preach always and when necessary, speak. So preach always, and when necessary, then you can speak. Very profound, right? It shows us that our preaching is by what? By action, not by words. So let us love our friends by action and by prayer. 
not just empty words, but by prayer and by action. And we continue the story. We see that the scribes were reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins except for God alone? Because of course God said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go your way. Immediately Heroes took up the bed and went his way in the presence of all of them. So they were all amazed and they said, we never saw anything like this. This is amazing. We never saw anything like this. We want to be in amazement in our, in our relationships and in our friendships. And we see it is by coming to God alone that we are healed of our spiritual paralysis. For living in sin is spiritual paralysis. In the beginning of the story, the bed is carrying the man. Yes? Sin. He's being carried by sin and he has no idea where he's going. At the end of the story, it's flipped, yes? He is carrying the bed. He has now power over this sin. And God can give me power over any sin that's holding me if I pray and if my friends are praying for me. So like we saw in the story last week, this woman's life was transformed because she loved. And today this young man's life is transformed because he was loved. We have to love God and we have to love our friends. And we love our enemies too, everybody. We have to love anyone, it's not just our friends. So let us remember this today. Today we are challenged by the model of these four friends. We are challenged to look at what type of friends we are and what type of friends we have. Be very careful because there are friends that lead us sometimes, what? Away from God. No. I tell you today, cut this friendship. You have full absolution to cut this friendship. Any friendship that is taking you away from God is not friendship. True friends bring their friends to God. So be careful who your friends are. May God give us the ability and courage to love our friends and may He bless all of our friendships and our community and may He always open the door for us, the roof of repentance for us to be lowered in front of Him. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.